us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God would judge. Let your conversations be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For as he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do to me. Remember them which have rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for your goodness to us when we don't deserve it, for the fact that you have given us things that we as a church body, as a as adopted children of you can follow. And we just ask, Lord, that as we break open this very word tonight, that you would um, just minister to us with grace. I pray that you would, as you minister to me through this text, I pray that you will open up uh, this text and may the words that we've spoken be yours, Father. We love you and we thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. The reason why I started in Hebrews chapter 12 is that verse at the end of chapter 12 leads directly into what chapter 13 is talking about where he says, for our God is a consuming fire. That thought to me stood out, especially I think uh, Pastor Paul was uh, teaching on in, um, the Tuesday nights, he was teaching on the church, and he talked about the, church, the churches of Revelation. And one in particular in Revelation chapter 2, um, we see that God refers to them by saying this, that I will remove um, actually, I'll read it to you in Revelation chapter 2, if you could turn there with me. Revelation chapter 2, uh, verse 5. And this stuck out to me, and as I was preparing this, I thought, okay, this is really interesting how they correlate. But let's go to Revelation chapter 2, verse 5. And it says there, he's talking to the church at Ephesus, and he says, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen... And repent and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and I will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. And I was thinking about how God in this passage is, he is described as an all-consuming fire. I think that is one of the best descriptions of God in the Bible, because that is what he must be to us. That is what he is at the point of our salvation. He should our salvation should envelop us in such a way that everything about our life is based upon that very thing, which is Jesus Christ. If we don't base our conversation on Jesus Christ, if we don't base our relationships on Jesus Christ, if we don't base everything about our daily living in Jesus Christ, then God may, as churches, remove his lampstand out of this place. And what it means is that he will remove his presence and he will remove the fact that yes now we're not ministering like we should as a church of jesus christ and 
Are we really then even a church at that point? But in this passage, we see that that verse, that um, 29 says, for our God is a consuming fire, leads into what the writer of Hebrews then goes on by saying this. He starts by giving very practical things for the church. And he says this, let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for whereby some have entertained strangers unawares. You know, that let brotherly love continue, that means that as Christians, and I think Pastor Jim put it really well, like I said, that um, Tuesday night uh, theology class, when he said that everything about church as a gathering together should be about edification, should be about building up one another in Jesus Christ. And what that means is that as we come together, whether it be in our singing and our uh, just in our conversations with each other, they should be of an edifying nature. You know, we get to see his grace upon us in salvation. And really, in Hebrews 4.12, we see that God talks about his word and how his word is penetrating to us. Going back to the description that the writer of Hebrews uses about our God being a consuming fire. How, what is the thing about God that really envelops us? Well, it's everything about him, right? But the only way that we get to see him, the only way that we get to experience God is through what? How do we experience God? Is through Jesus Christ, right? We experience God through Jesus Christ, and once we repent and we are saved, we see him. But before that, the Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? And in Hebrews 4.12, here's what the writer of Hebrews says. He says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, we serve a God that is all-consuming. You know, I go back to, uh, for instance, Moses when he was receiving the Ten Commandments and he you know, he couldn't even look upon God. And when he did, you know, the Bible says that he came down from the mountain just glowing because of his presence. And yet we, as Christians, we carry him with us every single day. He goes with us every single day. We have that presence of God through the Holy Spirit every single day. And yet most of us, whether it be because of, and I'll just say it, bad teachers or what have you, or they've been put under ministries that really have not taught them well, what you see is that we really don't experience or we don't really live our Christian life as we should. Because it's not about edification. When we come together and when we minister to one another, it's about other things that really don't matter. I'll give you a few. A lot of churches are big on music, like we were talking about. You know, either churches go too far on one extreme or too far to the other extreme, whether it be they are so concerned with reaching the loss that they twist and they turn everything into, oh, wait, no, is this really church anymore? But really, as Christians and as we gather together, our whole focus should be on the word of God, which is quick. And that word quick is powerful. That word quick means that it is life-giving, that it is 
life-giving to us as Christians, and there is nothing else other than the word of god that penetrates deep into the soul that is why you know when we come together as a body of christ that is what we gather around that is what we come to hear is the word of god not only that but that is what we minister to others with there is nothing that we can say of ourselves that will reach an individual with salvation you know there's nothing that i have to offer or that anyone has to offer other than what Jesus Christ has put in these pages that is life-giving. And as we go out and as we minister, that is what we must minister with, with the words that are like we sang tonight, wonderful words of life. You know, it shouldn't shock us that, you know, God's words should reach such depths that they would know us of our being. You know, I'm reminded in passages like in Genesis where you know, God spoke, and all of a sudden, things just happened, right? At the very beginning of the first book of the Bible, Genesis 1-3, says, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. All of a sudden, out of nothing, there was light. Not only that, but, and I always find this interesting about the days of creation, how he spends most of the time creating earth, and yet in one day, everything around earth, all of the universe that so many people spend countless years just you know looking through telescopes and trying to you know uh, launch ships to see all of that was created in one single day he spoke it and it just went out everywhere because his word is that powerful it reaches all of that not only is god all-consuming but he is as a fire you know god produces that light in us and as christians we are really when when we talk about being ambassadors for christ that word ambassador means that we are speaking not of ourselves as i mentioned earlier but we are speaking out of what we have been given you know the bible and and really salvation doesn't require any new thing from us than that which we have already been given right we don't go out to the world and start making things up because We don't really have to make up anything. There's nothing to make up. We have everything that we need right here in the word of God. In Matthew chapter 5, we see this. Jesus speaks and he says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. And really, that is what we as Christians should be. We should be that light that shines out of what we have been given in Jesus Christ to all the world. So I want to share with you some defining traits of what the writer of Hebrews calls the church of the firstborn, which, by the way, if you are a Christian, we are all part of the church of the firstborn because we are are a church of Jesus Christ. But the first one is that there must be unity. And that verse, chapter 13, verse 1, says, let brotherly love continue. You know, as Christians, that is what is our defining trait, according to 1 John, right, that all people will know us by what? By our love for one another. And he gives us that command to love one another because that is how we will be known throughout the world. That is how we should and we ought to be known throughout the world, through that brotherly love, and we're supposed to have it continue throughout the world. For the body of Christ to function well, we have to view ourselves not as anything other than this, as stewards and as servants. You know, we are stewards of everything that we have been given, whether it be our 
stewards of salvation, stewards of physical things that God gives us. All stewards, and as we go through our life, God gives us, or God has equipped us with gifts that we can use to edify the body of Christ and use it to love one another. You know, there are some spiritual gifts that I don't have, and I'm thankful that I have other brothers and sisters here that have those ministering uh, gifts that I don't have because they can minister in ways that I can't. They can do things that I can't. Together, we come together as a body of Christ, and we edify one another, and we also reach the world for Christ. We are at this specific church, however, and around these specific people because God has ordained it. So we must take care of our church. What that means is our church body together. But it must be informed by this brotherly love. Even when it comes to things like church discipline. And all things, we are to have it be informed through this prism of brotherly love because the world... You know, the world operates as though love is the absence of truth. You know, the the world will tell you God is love, but then they will completely deny all of the other things about God, all the other attributes. Or they will say, okay, because you are to love people, you are supposed to forget that certain things are sinful, or you're supposed to turn the other cheek to things that you know are blatantly wrong. And yet the Bible and Jesus Christ, when he taught people and when um, we see in later as Paul, right, that because we love somebody, we are to reach out to them with the truth of the gospel, whether that is something that they would appreciate or not, whether that is something that they would um, do or not. Because sometimes the truth is not easy to hear. You know, as Christians, we understand and we know that certain things about the truth that we are given in the scriptures is not that palatable to the outside world. For instance, if you don't believe in Jesus Christ and you have not repented and received him, then you are going to hell. Such a thing people try to shy away from. Even in preaching, people shy away from the fact that Unless you are in Christ, you are going to hell. And people would think, and people would say that it's unloving to proclaim that, but I would tell you this, I think it's more loving to proclaim to somebody the truth and do so in love than to lie to them. I believe that Psalms actually tells us that, that, you know, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but a deceitful kiss is not profitable to us. You know, there is nothing that we are to gain if we don't stick to the word of God as our foundation as, and as what informs everything about our lives. And, that's, and I'll tell you, that's hard to do. That's why, you know, it's a process, right? God, he gives us salvation. You know, we receive our, the salvation through faith in Jesus Christ because he has offered us grace. But guess what? That after that, there is a long process as you go through life of surrender. And the more you go through life, the more that you, that you should. And I hope, you know, as we mature in Christ, the more we would surrender to him. Sometimes it's not easy. 
Sometimes to many people looking from the outside in, it looks crazy, absurd. I know a lot of people that when you have young men surrendering to full-time ministry, people are like, oh, no. Or missionaries. I've seen it, you know, in different churches where young families will surrender to full-time ministry and then, you know, they'll have people pulling their hair out like, you're going where? Because it. It's not really, it doesn't make sense, but it's what God has called you to do, and you should follow it. You know, our relationships also, not just our relationships to each other as the body of Christ, but our relationships outside must show love as well, as I just mentioned, even though sometimes our message may not seem so loving. Our manner must be loving to others. In Galatians chapter 6, Paul would write this. As ye have therefore opportunity to let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. All men. We should do good to all men. Because Jesus did, maybe. Maybe because that is what, they, they, if they don't see something different from us, then they'll never really see what, they'll never really stick around for what we have to offer them. Some strangers even, as this passage says, could be godly messengers that we may miss out on because we're not open to them. You know, I had an interesting uh, instance that happened to, actually, Katie and I when we were in Melbourne. And we were just in a mall, we were walking around, and I, uh, we were having a discussion, and out of nowhere, this man and his wife, they come along, and they just, I could tell they were believers by their conversations, and they were, they just spoke directly to us, and they, they, it was if, you know, God, exactly what we needed at that moment, they, God used them to speak to us and it was it was an amazing conversation uh that we had and really if we don't make ourselves vessels to reach out to others then we'll miss out on a lot of great opportunities to be used of god if we don't open ourselves to ministering to other people not only should our relationships with others our relationships with people in the church should be uh out of brotherly love, but we should also be concerned with our relationship to God. You know, that is something that we should be nurturing every day, whether it is by prayer and and not just, you know, a rote prayer, but really speaking to God and, and, and as the Bible says, to give all of our cares up to him. And not only that, but worshiping him in our prayers, praising him just for who he is. And that should be really our most important relationship to maintain. You know, as it is a relationship which informs all others in our lives. You know, God is, as I read right at the end of Hebrews chapter 12, an all-consuming fire. But to the believer, he is so much more than a consuming fire. He is, as part of that consuming fire, he is our helper. You know, and he will sustain us through everything. He is also... Stronger than man. We really, we can go out in confidence that 
even if the worst should happen, as we go out and proclaim the gospel, and trust me, the days are looking worse as you go on, even as we do that, we can go in confidence knowing this, that God knows, God sees, and he is with us. And should the worst physical thing happen, we know exactly where we are going as believers, right? We have no fear of what man can do to us because God is greater. You know, he is our helper in difficult times, and he never changes. That is the best part about God. That is the best thing about not only God, but our confidence in what we proclaim out of this book because the author is unchanging, therefore his word also is unchanging. You know, Hebrews 13.8 says that God, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. And what he says will always come to pass because he declares it. You know, we don't serve a God who is moved by the times and the seasons, and who is, but who is master of all things. I'm thankful that God doesn't shift and change as I've seen so many different churches shift and change with the times to accommodate because really the, that's the thing about truth. It's unchanging. There's nothing that we can add to the truth. There's nothing we can take away from the truth. And our relationship with God, with God must be nurtured. You know, John fifteen five, Jesus speaks and he says this, I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, but with, for without me ye can do nothing. You know, in Christ we have the ability to do everything that God has called us to do. But apart from Christ, isn't it interesting that we have no ability. So really our whole being should be about him because he is that all-consuming fire. Everything is about Jesus Christ. And a child of God abides as a branch on, a, on the true vine of Christ because he does not neglect that relationship. He should not neglect that relationship with the Father. And the last thing is maintaining good doctrine. We talked about the truth, how it is unchanging. We have a, we have a God that we worship that is unchanging. And really, as we go, and especially in these times that we're living in today, there's a lot of strange new things out there. But Paul warned us about this very thing. He warned Timothy. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 4, he said this, For the time will come, and I think, I think it's here, because we see it every day, when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts, they shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into unto fables. In speaking to Timothy, who was a young preacher, Paul warns him that the days would come when all that people want to hear is something new. There's nothing new, but it's life-giving what we have to offer. What the Bible says is it's been around, right, for a long period of time. And yet, it's everything that we need because we don't need to add from it. Actually, the Bible is very clear. You're not supposed to add anything to it because it is perfect. And it is unchanging because his author is perfect and unchanging. You know, as Christians, we're to watch out for other doctrines, other things that might come up because really, new doctrines aren't really that new. 
if you ever noticed, anybody that claims they have a new doctrine, it's really what Satan was doing at the Garden of Eden, just the same thing all over again. How did he, do, how did he confuse Eve? He didn't come out and just blatantly lie. That would have been, nobody would have believed that. But what he did was he said to Eve, Oh, you won't, you won't die. He twisted the truth that God had given to Eve, God had given to Adam, and he got Eve to do the only thing that they should not have done because all he did was he used the truth and he twisted it. That's exactly what people use today. And many are being deceived because they take the truth and they twist it just a little bit. And as Christians, we are to watch out for these things. We are to be careful of all of these new things that are coming about. But the only way to do that is to continue in the word, to continue in love together in the word, ministering to one another because of what we have been given in Jesus Christ. So God, in conclusion, God wants us to continue in the grace which with which we have been established. Philippians chapter 1, Paul says this in verse 6, being confident in this very thing that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. You know, God wants us to be confident as we go about this life, knowing where we stand. You know, God is wants us to be sure of where we stand. Not that we need any assurance from God or anything extra but to know and to be confident that we stand on the word of God, that we stand on him and we stand on his truth, and that we aren't shifting because he isn't shifting. There's no need for us to shift with the times, to you know, go about, you know, be tossed with new doctrines because he is truthful to us. He is a solid rock to us. You know, in this life, God has given us so many things, and we addressed it in this passage. We have been given other Christians to be edified and to edify. We have the opportunity to minister to people, whether it be in the body of Christ or hopefully as we reach out to the world with the message of salvation, reaching out to others. We also have the opportunity and really the wisdom to avoid doctrinal errors, but that wisdom only comes when we pour into the Word of God individually and together as we come together. We have the fortitude to withstand the lies of the devil, and we have the perseverance to finish well, but really, at the end of the day, the only reason why we have any of these things is all because of Jesus Christ. You know, if he, if he did not die on the cross, if we did not rise from the dead if he did not if he was not truth then we could not proclaim the truth if he was not love then we would not have the ability to love one another really because if you look outside the world views love as almost transactional you know i'll I'll give you if you give me but jesus said no i'm going to give you the best of what I have to offer. I'm going to give you myself because that way you can give to others and give love to others. Real real agape love to others. It's all because of Jesus Christ that we can go out into the world and minister 
And he gives us the message that we are to preach. So as we go, and as we go throughout this week, I pray that we will lean on him above all things, whether it be in our conversations, whether it be in our just how we treat each other, how we would treat those outside as we minister. And as we pour into the word of God so that we don't fall into other doctrines that are out there and that we stay firmly rooted and grounded in the truth. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this.